Well, hi folks, welcome to episode number 12 of the Brothers in Arms podcast and today's subject is fitness and mental health um, and all the things that come uh, around that. Today in the room we've got Charles Brister from BMF, we've got Robin who has recently started Synergy Fit uh, running her boot camps and Martin who is an independent PT and has spent a long time in the fitness industry. Um, so yeah, welcome along guys. Hey. Hey Gary, thank you for having us along. First of all, um, listened to the podcast um, throughout lockdown. You're a good and, fan, and, and thank you for that. No, no, really, it's one of them. It's, it's something I was I was saying to Robin. It's something I never spoke about, and I never kind of thought about really mental health, um, especially the background I'm from. Um, it was something that was kind of it wasn't a, it wasn't a topic of conversation. Um, so the podcast for me really have been great, and it's it's been great to kind of listen to you guys talk and actually relate to a lot of the stuff because obviously me and you're kind of similar ages i think you're a wee bit older yep. than me um <laughs> yeah, <that is> but, <laughs> uh, when you're chatting about it I'm, I'm from the east coast you're from the west coast yeah, so yeah. although it's kind of different areas and different kind of backdrops um the chats you're having with your mate and what went on when you were a, when you were a youngster and no yeah, being a wee dafty yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff um, it's exactly it's exactly as i was when i was yeah. a youngster in the, in the east coast so um yeah. it's great and it's, it, it's made me chuckle and i've, I've listened to it kind of nice on, on various walks with the dog or, yeah, or, or yeah. sessions in the gym myself nice one brilliant brilliant and uh yeah robin thanks for for joining us as yeah, well absolutely thanks for inviting me sort of last minute um i'm all about pushing myself out my comfort zone i've never actually done a podcast before and it's something that it's on my list to um, get comfortable doing, so really Good. appreciative that you've included me. Oh, thank you, and exactly, you know, uh, expanding your comfort is, is is huge. So, thanks again, and uh, yeah, you'll make a vital contribution today. Marty, big boy. Yeah, and probably exact same as Robin. <laughs> uh, never done a podcast before, so yeah, interested to see how this goes as well. But yeah, been in the industry for try to work out last night. Like, 15 years or something like that yeah seen all aspects of it and obviously mental health is massive just now for um yeah for the industry and for just working with clients one-on-one -on -one in groups it's something we come across all the time just now as trainers and it's good to talk about it it's great to listen to podcasts and it's great that you're doing this for for everyone because it's a yeah. valuable resource uh yeah no i mean it, we, we obviously come and come back to certain uh points often um but but the point is that it's, it's kind of making it normal and being able to allow uh, everybody but of course we come back to brothers in arms making it really comfortable for men to just you know be able to talk about stuff that's difficult or to even just recognize within themselves uh, that makes me feel a bit um the, the the conversation in the past has been uh we've identified that really most of us men are fairly basic and so the emotions that we have are happy or angry sadness comes somewhere down that and we often sort of bury that away and so we, we, we kind of talk about those things um and uh sort of being able to identify them and actually just be able to go a bit deeper and say yeah it's something you guys i know you spoke about before we've been on the podcast but do you know, I think lockdown has just brought it out a wee bit more in terms of like guys on even on whatsapp groups and then off the back of it, having conversations just being a wee bit more aware of it and bringing it out a wee bit more and and then the conversations I've had with guys like my close pals at school, um, it's just changed a wee bit in the last, I don't know if it's because we've got kids now as well and that's affected things, but it just is a bit more relevant and it's a bit easier to talk about it recently. Um, I found that. I think it certainly amplified it and brought it to the forefront for a lot of guys um, because lockdown was obviously forced upon them and it was thrust upon them, whereas 
I don't know about you guys, but like before lockdown, I was very kind of regimented in what I did. I'd get up in the morning, I'd maybe go to the gym or go for a run, or if I was, if I was in charge of the kids that morning, I'd get them ready to go to school, then I'd off to work, do various sessions, see clients, etc. Um, go home, watch a wee bit of telly maybe, get my tea, and that would be it. And that, that's, that's kind of your, your day and you repeat that. Because the lockdown took that away from you and it took that kind of regimented structure away from you, it made you kind of sit yeah. and spend a bit more time in your own company. And when you sit and spend time in your own company, you start... I don't know about you guys, but I start thinking about all kinds of stuff and what <laughs> could fine. happen Absolutely. and what might happen and what if and what if I did that, what if I did that and yeah. what if this. Um, so I think that's that's probably kind of what, what brought it, certainly for me anyway, what brought it more to the forefront was just because that regimen and that structure and that social circle as well that you used to have pre-lockdown taken away from you. Yeah, um, so it's definitely brought it to the to the front and in a good a good way, definitely a good way. I, I think it's kind of like, um, Robin, you just... So I touched very briefly on kind of how your life is at the moment where you're working a full-time yep. job, you're running your fitness alongside Absolutely. your job. And, uh, you know, it's a very familiar story for anybody who's been in fitness for a bit that mm -hmm. that can lead to burnout, you know, yep. or whatever. Um, and, and burnout is essentially your body saying, fucking stop, mm -hmm. stop and listen to what I'm trying to tell you because I can't keep doing what you're asking me to do. And without a lockdown, a lot of us would have been able to just stay on that treadmill or stay in that regimented way of yeah. wake up, do what you're doing first thing, get to work, finish, have your dinner, go back. Do, yeah. And so it forced us into, and uh, it brought it into really sharp focus. And and certainly personally for me, um, people who have listened to the podcast have heard about it from me plenty before, but it's interesting you talk about the regimen, the, the kind of nine to five, which I was working up until recently. Um, I actually, during lockdown, went to a desk job and went away a wee bit from managing gyms and all, all the stuff I was doing. Um, just by kind of what happened, you know, getting made redundant by one company and, and having to, to change things. So it was my first real time experience in 9 to 5 and it definitely drove me nuts. <laughs> um, yeah. To the point where, and I, I know we've had this conversation, Gary, is like um, talking about my own personal mental health. I wasn't, you know, Terms of never really thinking about myself before, probably lockdown, let's say, brought it up a wee bit in the past, but up until recently, never really had touch with any problems myself with my own mental health. But at the end of the kind of, I've just left that work kind of a month and a half ago now, but my own experience with, you know, it just bubbling under the surface and getting to that point where something has to change mm -hmm. and you have yeah. to get off of that regimen, it's good to have a good regime and, and kind of stick to that if you're happy with it. But I needed something to change, actually. Gary's story. I was in a car crash on the way to work one day. Um, I was doing the nursery run as well, so I had the kids in the back, and it was it was a bit of a fright and a bit of a shock. Um, and you know, you, you don't at the time think about it. It's afterwards when you were saying you're getting your own head a wee bit and you, you have that time to think and, and can appreciate what's just happened. And it was a motorbike that came into us, and if it'd been just a yard or two up the side of the car, I'd been my wee boy. Um, so I, I even just told me right now, you start thinking about it, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. But after that, you know, in terms of anxiety going through the roof and actually going to the doctors to see, you know, is, am I all right here? Um, I probably wouldn't have had the courage to go and do that and get myself checked out and have conversations with my mm -hmm. mates unless lockdown had happened. Um, so it's been a, quite a nice thing that, you know, that I can now do that with my mates. But up until recently, I'd, let's say I've never had a problem with my own mental health, always trained, always ate well, you know, slept well looked after myself and I think that has an impact and you, know, you guys know more than anyone uh, how that has an impact on your, your own mental health and the, the relationship between your physical body and your um, 
how that impacts your your brain health. But yeah, just recently it was it was you know talking about regime and you were saying there. Yeah. But you 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 were saying as well, you know, just before we started, Robin, that you're in the ninety five and you find it. Hundred percent, I can't agree more with what you've said. You've sort of lived this life that's a bit autopilot because yeah. you don't have time to think. So I work for a big corporate and. Just before lockdown, um, I was on flights every week. So I was working, um, you know, Monday morning, fly yep. into London, fly back Friday night. Just you had no time for yourself. You, were, I, I was kind of living in hotels, so um, you were eating not very well. And yep. then lockdown happens, and it really gives you time to reflect and go right. What da you know? What da actually gives me passion here? Like I do yeah. it. My yeah. job's great, and it's um, you mm. know, it's a good job, but. You do when you're sitting at a desk for eight hours. At the end, you're drained. You've got mm -hmm. no, your yeah. battery's flat after uh -huh. it, and you're yeah. thinking. And then now, um, you know, lockdown happened. I went and got qualified as a personal trainer. That converted my garage into a gym. Um, and you're working. You know, you feel like what you're doing actually makes a difference to people. You know, your job, your corporate job, would replace you in a second. Mm -hmm. Like, yep. you know, but when you're working and exactly. helping people and you know, go and take a class at Fly. That you, the energy you get from that is un, is indescribable. Yeah, yeah. Like after you've done a fitness class or to, you know, you feel like you can take on the world, and it's just yeah. once you find that kind of that happy balance in it as well that, that works for you. And I think that's what I think that's from from a kind of fitness point of view. That's what everybody kind of needs to do. Whether you're a yeah. whether you're a trainer, whether you own your own company, whether you own your own business, or whether you're just that Joe Public coming along mm -hmm. to a class. It's just finding that thing that works for you. Because obviously I know as, as guys, we, we kind of, some of us work in similar industries, some of us work in totally different industries, totally different backgrounds to kind of how we got there. But we found a niche or a, a, an area that works for us. And that that's what makes it work for you, essentially. Because for me, I, I, I could go to a CrossFit gym and I'd probably I'd enjoy it for a bit. But then I'd think, actually, I want to be outside. I've always been outside. I've always trained outside. I've always been out in the rain and the mud. And that, that's what I like. I'm, yep. I'm happy with that. <laughs> that's what I like. and, it's so, um, and it's and that's for me. I know it's not for everybody, and I'm not expecting it to yeah. be for everybody. But it's just finding that thing that that you enjoy, and that thing that kind of takes you away from whatever crap's going on in the background. If you're maybe got young kids and you're not getting any sleep, or your work's hectic, and it's it's just getting on top of you. It's getting mm -hmm. on top of you. It's just having that something that you enjoy that's for you that you can just take yourself away for an hour or two hours or whatever so, it might be yeah. and just have that time. And it's and it, and so right, man. It's, it's, not, it's not being selfish. <clears throat> it's just saying, I need this time. I need this time uh -huh. to reset. Yeah, and absolutely. I need to take it. There's a wee challenge there because, you know, I, I always, you know, I say this to my clients so often, like selfish is not a bad word. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yeah, because if yeah. you can't be selfish for at least one hour, a few times a mm -hmm. week, i.e., do something of for course. yourself, then then eventually yeah. things will go wrong. Yeah. It's exactly in what some Robin way. was saying yeah. with that you burnout. Know? If you if you're trying to please every single other person, mm -hmm. as, as Robin you, said, you're, you're gonna burn out so you, far. How down. can you give if your battery's flat? Yeah. You need to make sure your battery's full to it's, then energize others. I mean uh, just on that as well, like talking about the conversations I have my wife. I know you talk with your family all the time with this as well, <laughs> but I'm like, right, you need to go and just do a workout, go and get a match. She's not really into training, it's just She's not in it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm like, right, book a massage this week. Yeah. You need to chill yeah. out. You or you have, have to, to do tell it for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, literally last night, the kids went to bed. I had a good time last night. And I was like, right, we've got like two and a half hours before we're planning to go to bed. And in my mind, I was going, I could go out and run. I 
go to the steam, a sauna, I could go in the club that I'm at. It's got these like training rings that you go up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I could do that. And then and I just stooped, stepped back and I said to Lee, my wife, I was like, why don't you go over to the baths and like chill for a wee bit or do and, and then she still said no, but I at least stepped back and gave <laughs> you got, the, you've got the points on the board, but yeah, gave the consideration. You asked the um, but yeah, it's like you know, as you say, a person won't take their time. Another mm-hmm. wee point I wanted to make just there that really was pertinent when you spoke just now, Charles. Uh, I was just starting a class yesterday uh, at eleven o'clock, and one of the girls, I was like, "So how are you going?" Um, and she's like. Absolutely shite, Gary. Shite, really bad. And I was like, just take an hour off. You've got an, an hour now. We're mm-hmm. taking the class. Forget about everything that's outside. Have an hour off. Mm-hmm. That's the power of taking that for yourself. Absolutely. Because I'm sure that person would have been thinking, ah, maybe I won't just go. To the, maybe I won't go to the class because I've got loads on and I need to get more organised and do this and do that. But she was still had that power to go. I'm going to the class because I always go. Of course. And I was like, just take an hour off. And that's yeah. you. You're taking an hour out of the world for. Yeah. For your own space. Yeah. Do you, it was recent, uh, someone told me it was a really good one because, you know, during lockdown, again, yeah, I keep talking about lockdown, but, you know, everyone got in their training again mm-hmm. and a lot of people will listen to podcasts or do or going out running and listen to music and that kind of thing, talking about playlists and that kind of stuff. One of the women I used, uh, used to come to my sessions, she said, do you know what I love doing now is taking the earphones out and just going a country run. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do you know what I've not done that in ages? And absolutely love it talking about training outdoors yeah. and just that wee bit of connection outdoors again oh, I'm, I'm, exactly, I'm exactly that like I, I used to i used to when i was when i was a young lad that's what i used to go out running and it'd be i headphones in and whatever it was club land or i think back in the day it was like it was bonkers and hell <laughs> <laughs> <Hell, laughs> <hell, laughs> and all that kind of stuff and you'd it in and it would just be noise yeah. noise in yeah. your head um, whereas now I'm, that's exactly me I'll, i where i stay in bears den the west highland way is kind of on my back door and I never wear headphones. I just go go for a run. It shouldn't have a name. It shouldn't have a name, but that's that's you yeah, know she, there's she, a term for it. She naked said, running. She said it's yeah. Naked running. I've been doing running, that wrong. Running without a Garmin. Running without earphones. That's it. She said like don't. Okay, maybe do roughly five k, but don't track it to the step and don't worry about your time and all that kind of thing. And you just forgot the thing, zoned out, and you had that headspace that you were looking for. Jeez, man. Yeah, I run with Garski Parriers. Although you know uh, slightly out of habit at the moment, but see you turn up to the running club without a running watch on. You're oh. like, "So you?" That's what one, <laughs> of the, one of the guys, <laughs> one of the guys who, who I, t- I chat to in the playground in my kids' school. He he runs with Garscube as well, and, and he, he knows I'm a runner as well. And he's always, "You need to come. You need to come. You need. To come, you'll get your 10k time down. Get your." I'm, I, I keep saying, it, "I goes." Honestly, couldn't care for uh, my ten k. Yeah. I'm not bothered about my ten k time. If I can run ten k, I'm happy. I'm <laughs> chuffed. I've run ten k. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. caring if it takes yeah. me. But it is never real. Thirty minutes. It's, you know, but again, it just comes back to this thing: is like moving your body in whichever fashion you choose to do that mm-hmm. for its own sake, yeah. not because you need to post your PB or yeah. you get your Insta or whatever, which has its place. Absolutely has its place because it can mm-hmm. be inspiring to others or it can help others. But you know. When yeah. we bring it back to self, just going, just going out a run. Of course. How long? I don't know. Yeah. How far? I don't know. Yeah. But I'll feel good at the end of it. But it doesn't mm-hmm. even. It doesn't even need to be that. So, so some of the guys who maybe didn't do like guys who maybe be listening to this and didn't do any kind of fitness at all. It doesn't need, like you say, Gary. It's just moving. Get get, yeah. get off your backside. Like you. Get off your backside. Stick a pair of daps on whatever you've got. And just go mm-hmm. for a walk. If you can get yourself up a hill while you're doing it, great. Get some fresh air. I mean, it's just, walk just fast enough to be able to take your jumper off. You know, 
and you've you've done some exercise. And, and just take everything away, like you say as well. Especially if you're kind of thinking about mental health element of it, just just get everything, get rid of everything. Turn your phone off for an hour. Take your headphones out mm-hmm. and just yes. try and get away from it. Because ultimately, as well, what ends up happening, especially in this kind of neck of the woods, if you go out for a I'm going out for a walk for an hour and you'll head out and especially somebody like you Gary knows everybody in the West End kind of thing you'll, you'll walk down the road now, and you'll, you'll walk about you'll walk about walk half a mile road, walk yeah. half a mile that's it and you've spoke to about 30 people and no done, any, no done any walking you know what I mean so it's just yeah, like get away from it get away from your yeah. kind of local area and just switch off and, you, and, the other thing I'd probably say is well, like cause we're talking I think all of us get that well it sounds like we all get something from you know going out and going to run on our own no headphones that kind of thing but you know I had a discussion with one of uh, an our trainer recently but introverts and extroverts and like you know some people they need that me time they need them be on but then you've got the other kind of extroverts that want the social time mm-hmm. and they again talking about lockdown but we're deprived of that and obviously we all train people in groups and that we buzz yeah talking about the buzz when oh, it's the community running, aspect doesn't yeah. it when you finish that session especially when we got a few newbies there and by then the session they're all chatting they're all sweaty 100%. all the barriers have dropped yeah yeah and it's just nice and yeah. then you've yeah. got people going oh, let's go for a coffee like, yeah, that that's, that's brilliant and it's hard for some people to make a first step to join a group stand there of course the only person doesn't know anyone no one knows your name uh, and no matter you know mm-hmm. what we do as instructors to try and get my wee power yeah. there was a new uh, again won't mention her name but there was a new uh, person one of my sessions last night and lucky enough my sister was there and i said right just keep an eye on her and just settle her in but yeah at the end of the session you see it and she's talking to everybody and oh, where are you from and yeah. all that yeah. stuff that's and that's you know for some people that's what they need as well but that initial steps just it can yeah. be so the hardest the hardest thing to do when you're feeling flat and feeling you've had, had hard day at work is start mm. you're lying on the couch you're thinking i don't want to to go out i don't want to go to the gym because you're you've got no dopamine you've got no you know the, so you've got yeah. to sort of i think it is helpful to attach yourself to some sort of plan so i go and do this four mm. times a week yeah. or some sort of accountability so i'll go and meet my friend at the gym yeah. at this yeah. time so you have to go mm-hmm. and then when you start and you're at you're yeah. there that's when the dopamine starts and the serotonin starts yeah. and you're thinking you're a different person after the hour than yeah. you were sitting in the couch that's you it. you've got to understand that like follow a plan not emotion because your emotions that's that's will it. fill you yeah and they'll not make you do that thing that you need to that's do it. If you can realise after a session you get all those rewards you just mentioned there, yeah. then you chase the that reward. Yeah, it's the hardest thing to do, but it's the only thing that everybody does in it. Every, everybody, yeah. everybody is a beginner. Everybody starts. Mm-hmm. I mean, some yeah. not not everybody it's, might lift a lift a hundred kilos. Not everybody might yeah. run a ten k a marathon. Mm-hmm. But everybody has everyone to has start. The same reaction. It's the constant. Yeah. It's, 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 everybody, it's, when you turn up to your very first session, you know every single other person in that group uh-huh. at some point has been you. Of course. I mean, so they, they know they know how you feel. That's They've it. had mm-hmm. the same the same issues, the same yeah. anxieties that you've had. Yeah. It's just, it's just every that, single time yeah. it gets you, you know, every single time you do feel, oh, I don't want to go. And yeah. it's the same that's process. That. But that's, it affects that's us it. all. Do you know, this yeah. this whole conversation is kind of making me think about um the few times when I've been on stag dues with my pals, mm-hmm. right? Now I tend to be the kind of energetic one of the bunch, you know, and that's fine, that's all good. Um, but when we've been out on stag dues, it's like you go out and you, the first 24 hours you're just drinking constantly and then the next morning it's like, and I'm like, I know this feels like the hardest thing you'll ever, ever do, but we're not going for three days 
in Europe for you to lie in your bed for two of them. <laughs> I know it's the hardest thing you'll ever do, but yeah. fucking get yourself up. It's hard. You're it's the guy likes You're going to hate it. You're going to hate it. And that's it. We are we as fitness instructors, as yeah. personal trainers, we know we are human beings as well. It is fucking hard. Mm. You don't want to do it. But what's on the other side of it is always, mm. always worth it. I talk about, I start early most mornings, 6, 7 a.m., do I get up and like sing a song and love myself at 5am, 5 mm-hmm. Absolutely not, especially not with the kids and whatever. Yeah. But see when I get to finish work at one or two o'clock because I started at six, yeah. every single That's time so I'm odd. like, yeah. I'm so glad. I can go sit, have a coffee. Yeah. I can go pick the kids up early. Yeah. I can take them swimming. I can go and do this. Yeah. I can meet a pal. See, action again, Tommy, anxiety, you've been, you're definitely more of an extrovert, I'd say. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, when I was talking to other trainer recently, we're saying, have you seen that Simon Sinek video uh, yep. where he's talking about social points in the morning or uh, coins, I think mm-hmm. he says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like some people wake up and they've got five coins to spend for the day and they're the introverts, you know, they, from social uh, circumstances, they maybe got a meeting at work and it's, you know, a lot of people, yeah. they're spending coins there, mm-hmm. you know, it's bringing them down yeah, yeah. and they need that me time late in the day to build themselves back up. Whereas extroverts wake up with nothing and they need people and they need, <laughs> you know, they want to a party and, and socialise because yeah. that gives them points. Um, rather than spending it and he talks about it really on the, the wee video he's oh. an absolute ninja for anybody <laughs> who's listening just type in Simon Sinek either to TED Talks or yeah. to YouTube and anything that he puts out is amazing Simon he, Sinek he absolutely nailed it though because he's like because um, I, I definitely am more of an introvert and my partner's more extrovert and it's like I need her when I go to a party and he talks about <laughs> so you that because like, she'll do all the small talk and all the chat and I'll just sit at the back and kind of eat the cheese <laughs> and he yeah. nailed it I was just like that's cool man like, but, but I think it's yeah. talking about that applying that yeah. training like it's the same thing you got to find your wee bit that you like doing certainly for me when I'm teaching and I'm doing group sessions and stuff the start of the session I'm probably trying to earn my points at that point thinking about it because at the end of the session then I'm up and uh, you know if, if we're having people around the house say I'm probably in in the kitchen making the food or making the drinks because yeah i need a task i need something to do mm. i need an activity yeah, yeah. whereas again my missus she'll just blab everything and she's yeah. fine again what's really important there is that just to get to recognize and know yourself That's you it. know because we can't all be the same yeah. we can't yeah. you know um and to absolutely uh validate what you're saying martin that was one of my lowest times was when the lockdown was enforced and I was not allowed to leave the house. And so I, because as you say, like all of those tiny interactions that we laugh and joke about, but you know, going past a few shops where you know they thought, guys, how are you doing? How are you doing? Yeah. That yeah, that, 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 yeah. that keeps me going every day, that social that little social interaction mm-hmm. and those seemingly like really insignificant little interactions. Actually, give me energy yeah. in the so day. All those little and things throughout the day, and it mm-hmm. all adds up. And it all and adds up, and then when that's taken away, how you're going along through your day as well. That you, you as well, just being that way as well, will go out and it'll impact so many other people through the day as well. Because you might think, oh, that's an insignificant mm-hmm. thing, but then for some guy on the street who who's maybe feeling a bit down or feeling a bit low, you just walking past him, like, hey mate, how you doing? How are you getting on? That could be the high point of their day. So yeah. for them, it's an absolutely massive thing. But for you, mm-hmm. it's just part and parcel yeah. of, of yeah. the way. Yeah. And unless people kind of get out and kind of put them in that scenario and those situations where they can have those interactions yeah. and can have those little pick-me-ups and for the, obviously for the group kind of fitness environment it's the it's the perfect kind of dynamic for that to happen because guys are there's going to be guys who are going to be great at something there's going to be guys who are going to be rubbish at something but 
you're guaranteed in this kind of neck mm -hmm. of the woods, the west of Scotland, there's always going to be somebody in there ready to take the piss and have a banter and have a yeah, laugh and, and all that. So yeah, that, that totally. And it just picks everybody up so much. And you, yeah. you know yourself at the end of a session, folk are all buzzing, they're all... Oh my God, and yeah. Regardless of the weather, especially for us guys yeah, in outdoor yeah. classes, if it's absolutely pushing the rain and they're soaking and they're caked in mud and they're having to kind of strip off before they get in their motor... It's raw. Ah, they yeah. love it. It's, it's, ah, it's such yeah. a good feeling. And for us as the instructors... That's what we feed off. That's, I've, I've done BMFs for 2008. I think I took my first session over in mm. Dunfermline back in back in Fife again. Yeah. Um, and I've done it ever since. And I still wake up in the morning and just like Gary, I'm kind of up at six o'clock in the morning, do the first session at kind of half six. And I'm there ready to go regardless of the weather, regardless of the, the date, because I know there's going to be people there yeah. ready. And they've, they've made the effort. Sure. They've got off their arse and they are ready to, to, exactly. to come and get amongst it. And, yeah, that's it. And again, you know, I guess, um, you know, not to try and be any sort of authority figure, but um, I've always worked on the basis as a, as a trainer and any in a group classes that I've done and whatever. And I'd actually did one recently where it was the school October holidays and one person turned up to a group session and they were just like, it's fine, I'll just go, Gary. It's cool, you go and get a coffee. And I was like, absolutely not. No way. One person has turned up, so they'll get the energy that I was going to give to that mm -hmm. class anyway. You know, and that's just, you know, that, that's just always how I've worked. You know, if there's one pe person willing to make the effort to come to you, then you kind of owe them some of you, your energy back. 100%. You know? yeah, 100%. They've, they've made that commitment. They've made that effort to come and see you. They, they, yeah, they've yeah, they've exactly. put that appointment in their diary. They've made that kind of conscious exactly. decision that I'm going to do this today. So uh, you, you, yeah. you're 100% yeah. going to yeah. give, give them what you were. Mm -hmm. I think to touch back on your point, I think your point's really interesting on, you know, understanding yourself and understanding whether you're introvert and extrovert. And I think... Something I've learned recently is, and always used to think that it was all the rubbish, is, is journaling mm -hmm. and kind of trying to figure out your own tendencies and biases. And um, actually, have you ever seen the show SS Who Does Wins? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I applied for that and I'm a, I was a reserve, right? So right. I went through the so sort of um, the six month application process. And that, um, so I got from 50,000 applications down to tw number 21. Oh, right? Amazing, so frustrating. Like, filmed some of it, went to London, see the it's sort of. Mm -hmm interview that oh, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've done yeah, all that, yeah, right? Yeah. Fitness test galore. And that's why I sort of changed my style of training from yeah, sort of aesthetic five day a week weightlifting to running up hills with weights in your back. Yeah, yeah. And it was it changed Brilliant. changed my training completely. Like now I attached to more performance goals, like more functional um how quickly can I run a five K mm. with you know, instead of my aesthetic. But in the application process, it's all about, you know, what's it's really they want you to dig deep into your past. What's your childhood like? What's yeah. So I had to kind of figure out a lot about myself to, to be able to speak about that and why why yeah. you've got certain demons yeah. and why. So, you know, and that was so rewarding for me because I now understand, like, well, a wee bit about my sort of mental health journey. When I was younger, I had selective mutism. Um, so that's a sort of extreme manifestation of social anxiety. You just can't, you don't speak to anybody at all. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I um, only spoke to my mom and dad in the house. And yeah. as soon as I left the house, um, you know, at school, they had to film me at home reading because I wouldn't read. It wouldn't yeah. just know. Well, yeah. well. I just it sort of triggered a, like if anyone would speak to you, it's triggered a sort of freeze response of yeah. well. this is too much. I can't yeah. communicate. Yeah, yeah. So that started when I was three, like old enough to leave the house and it lasted probably until I was about eight, 
So, mm-hmm. um, wow. so I had therapy for that. It was mm-hmm. like um, a therapy called um, Breaking Down the Barriers. It was a sort of US okay. yep. new concept. And yep. that was all about like non-verbal communication. And so <laughs> a bit of a freak, but I would like ding a triangle. And that was me making a noise. Right. Like, yeah, looking back, at, yeah, it seems Man. like madness now. But, you know, I hadn't really revisited that before. But then I think now that's probably why I'm so compassionate and I want that's why I, I'm probably a personal trainer because I want to help I people say that in terms of how and you relate that to clients and stuff something yeah you, like well, would be amazing to your clients yeah, I, I'd have thought yeah and it's probably why I'm so introspective as well and sort of in touch with so driven because I've spent a long time in my head mm-hmm. like a long and yeah, yeah. I, I always felt like I was on the inside looking out as well um you know I'd be like the wee kid in the playground that wanted to take part in mm-hmm. what people were doing but physically Watched. couldn't yeah yeah so, yeah it's amazing so, to have come to a place where you find that you're able to use that experience in a really positive way yeah yeah because absolutely honestly for a lot of people that would have been that would be a lifelong thing surely well completely and I think obviously I went through therapy and came out of it and but even growing up I was still sort of like a sort of quiet, studious, sort of people people pleaser person. Um, like in high school and stuff, I was still pretty like, you know, I was probably the geek at the front of the bus. So I was never really the cool kid. And then um, I think what really changed things for me was when um, my dad got ill with cancer. So kind of watching him, he was a big energetic, muscular, really into fitness, big rugby guy. Mm-hmm. He actually grew up with a stutter, so I kind of really resonated with him with the sort of communication issues. Right. But he blossomed and was really into his fitness and stuff. So I watched him, you know, get really sick and he went from this really muscular guy to really frail. Yeah. um, So he passed away. um, And that really, I was, what age was I? Um, Six years ago. And I sort of went into this sort of fight or flight, like oh my god and yeah. what i did was i just moved to australia <laughs> so like <laughs> so out yeah. of character for me uh-huh. because i was this really you know that was not something i would have mm-hmm. done like yeah, i was yeah, quite well. attached to my mum. i was yeah. like yeah. i'm a mummy's girl and daddy's girl yeah. and quite sort of right, good, i was you know like straight a's and went to uni tried hard at uni and I, it just changed me i thought mm-hmm. oh my god like you know, you've only got one shot of this, you've got to grab life yeah, by the balls. Yeah. I'm not being this person anymore. Uh-huh. Wow, so I just wow. uproots and I moved yeah. to Australia. Um, and that's when I found fitness. And that's when I really like, I remember sitting in this sort of hotel room in Sydney and no friends or anything. And I was posting on Facebook going, <laughs> where's the beach volleyball club? Like, can uh, I, right, I remember well, thinking, yeah, yeah. Um, can I, who's up for being my friend? Uh-huh. And this guy said, oh, I'll meet you for a coffee. I'm the um, I'm the sort of chair of the beach volleyball team. So I met him and he, um, a couple of drinks later, he went, I actually don't know anything about volleyball. I just liked your picture. Oh, no. But the thing is, right, he, wa- he actually wasn't a creep. <clears throat> Me and him ended up best friends. And so then because I ha- didn't know anyone, that's when I sort of just tried to look for clubs, right? Yeah. And so there was this CrossFit gym. It was called a uh, CrossFit North Head mm-hmm. in Manly. It's at the top of a cliff, and I used to um, oh. sort of finish work. I worked for that's when I found cybersecurity as well. Mm-hmm. So if I didn't mm-hmm. move to Australia, I wouldn't be in the career I'm in. Which, yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm totally of ad- an advocate of get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Because it made me who I'm I am now. Uh huh. Um, yeah. But I used to work for him. It was a 
office on Manly Beach and I would, you know, climb out at lunchtime, go surfing, climb back and I bought a little bike and I used to cycle up to this CrossFit mm-hmm. gym. Yeah. And I remember walking in and CrossFit gyms, they're really intimidating um, from the... A lot of balls. From the throwing. offset. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, shut, shut it feels intimidating yeah. from the outside, yeah. and yeah. I remember yeah. going in thinking, I'm out my depth here. There's barbells flying about. There's it's a language a- you don't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I'm yeah. thinking, yeah. what? But but I stuck with it because I thought this is my only option here to kind of meet mm. people. And it was going through that journey, and it was so empowering. Yeah. And that's why I think if, if someone would have tried that if you were here, the CrossFit gym. Not in the state I was in. Yeah. Eventually, I probably would have. But I think taking that initial step of just getting out your comfort zone and thinking yeah. that enough's enough. I don't want to be this way anymore. It, you reap the rewards of it. Like it's so empowering once you. Yeah. Once you do that and travel and living somewhere else is yeah. just I recommend yeah. it to absolutely everyone. But then uh, hopefully uh, my kids want to do it one day. I will try and promote as much as possible to yeah. them. But I was the same when I left uh, uni, went to America for. Just under a year and you, all the experiences you get from just being out of your comfort zone and doing oh things God, and just yeah. having yeah. to meet people yeah. And, yeah. it's and empowering it's, it's amazing it gives but you so much confidence you can back with like you say so much going, and then you can back and you're like oh what's the next thing i can do anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's a really interesting one because again i feel like coming back to us being sort of coaches and personal trainers like we we i feel like we're such a bad industry for putting out these buzz buzz phrases you know and I kind of kind of have a difficulty with the whole you've got to live life outside your comfort zone. If you live life continuously outside your comfort zone, yeah. and this is just my perspective on it, it's up for discussion. If you constantly live life outside your comfort zone, you're going to be a fucking nervous wreck and mm. you're you're actually going to then at some point burn out, break down, whatever it may be. Um, obviously, what you've just told me, Robin, really challenges my my perception of just that phrase. But I, I, what I often, the phrase that I've often used or picked up was get comfortable being in uncomfortable situations yeah. because there's always growth in that, mm-hmm. you know? And like, it doesn't really matter what words you use and what, um, you know, order you use them, but it's just about the message behind it about yeah. if you can find it in yourself think- to take the power to go... Yeah. And do something that's not in your norm. I think it's then going back to that kind of thing, finding what what is your thing then isn't it as well because it's like 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 robin saying there like in order to in order to kind of have a little bite of every every pie you, you've got to kind of go and out, get outside your comfort zone to go yeah, absolutely. Right, I've, I've never tried this before i'm going to go and try it mm. but then going back to what you're saying in terms of being having longevity in that and being able to do it and sustain it and keep it going mm. it then needs to be something you're comfortable with so if yeah. you go into Again, use the CrossFit as an example. If you went into a CrossFit gym and you're like, I don't know about this, I don't know about this, but then you get into it and you actually find, like any kind of group exercise environment, everyone's supportive, everyone's mm-hmm. aiming towards the same goal. You're all challenging and pushing yourself towards that same thing. Yeah. So then you become comfortable and you become part of that community yeah. and you become part of that yeah. group. Yeah. Um, and that's what keeps you going and that's yeah. you going back to being comfortable. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. if it becomes too easy, that's when you need that wee yeah, kick yeah. up your ass again. I completely agree. Say, I think there's a balance between a balance to be found between having gratitude and being grateful for what you've got now and enjoying what you've got now, but also recognizing when you're too comfortable. And um, I think something, so getting so close 
to getting selected. Literally, mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, yeah, I, had yeah, my, yeah. I had my boots, I had uh-huh. everything, I had my wow, COVID wow. test to fly. And there we go. At very last minute, and I trained running for months. Uh-huh. I felt fit. Oh, man. Um, and then to get, you know, they had me by the balls, basically, like, and <laughs> to get that close and then rejected. Mm-hmm. I remember the feeling of that, like, the first two days after, I thought, oh, like, I felt so defeated. And mm, yeah. kind of that made me realise that I haven't really been putting myself out there to get rejected. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and that was, a, that was a hard pill to swallow. And so then I started listening to TED Talks and thinking, and I came across the rejection challenge, right? So that's, um, a guy speaks about tr- actively get, make yourself get rejected. So, so I thought, you know, half of my teenage life. But anyway, that's so, so I thought to myself, feel defeated i don't even want to train today i was quite like kind of low that day thinking this is what i've pinned my hopes on i feel shit so then listen to that podcast and i thought i'm going to put myself out there and get because i've not really failed anything before apart from my driving test i've not really mm-hmm. everything i've tried yeah, to get i've usually yeah. get and without sounding trying to sound no no like, i mean clearly from your story that's obviously true mm-hmm. so i thought i'm going to put myself out there and for the next seven days, um, I'll try and get rejected. Only one, two things will happen. You'll either get rejected every day and get a sort of a, a, acclimatized to it and it won't bother you as much. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're going to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. So that's why, um, that's actually why I approached the guys at Fly. Mm-hmm. Because I've been going to the Fly classes at ages, mm-hmm. for ages. They're, all, they're very good at what they do, right? They've been in the industry for for years yeah, um, class, yeah. and yep. the classes are all based on very technical movements it's like you know they te- there's there's snatches in it there's yep. yeah um all, all olympic li- so, all olympic lifting um yep. there's kipping pull-ups there's it's all technical stuff and going to them classes i was so energized by it. they're such a good community when i i started going there to train for mm-hmm. ss resistance and people were up going what's your name you're new and i just love the community vibe of it and for weeks, I thought I'd love to take classes here, um, but they're about they're it's out of my depth. There's yeah. no chance yeah. they'd say yeah. So I thought as part of my rejection challenge, I'm just going to walk in and I'm going to go. You just need a like <laughs> you just need a female in here. Yeah, brilliant, like, man. Um, brilliant. And I fully expected them to go no. You know, mm-hmm. we we've been in the industry for 15 years. Yeah. yeah, you've you've been in the industry for a year. No, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, I kind of approached them and I was like, "Look, I want to learn from you. Like, would you know Brilliant, help?" Man. And they and I was so shocked when they were like, "Sure, you know, come on board." And I think that's the power yeah. of I would never ever ever have done that ever. Yeah. Just on rejection, though, you're saying um, part of my job for one of the companies I worked with was um, I was. True student, it was a um, big student accommodation brand, so dealt with high-end student accommodation, so it was all five-star plus, and it was quite expensive, and it was all international students on the whole, but part of my role was looking after physical health, but also looking at the mental health mm-hmm. and all the services we provide so the students can meet each other, form communities, and, and train as well. So uh, it was a really interesting role, and I got to meet some really interesting people. Um, I, I can tag them in the show notes or whatever as well, but with... Uh, some of the stuff that came up with mental health, it was all about rejection. Mm-hmm. And you know, you saying you, you hadn't failed it much before. Oh, it was felt horrible. Yeah, the, the type of students you were getting in those accommodations were from wealthy backgrounds, wealthy families. Most of the time, they'd um, you know there were five A's and pluses, and uh, you know coming to uni, 
with all these extra activities, you know, to get into the best unis and stuff. And all of them went to Glasgow Uni to deal with, but it was all the UK. And they'd never had rejection before. They'd never failed anything. Spoiled, yeah. They would nosedive. And it was so sad to see. Um, And it's a huge talking point just now for for students, especially, I'm a bit older, missed that generation. But in terms of what they've been through, everything's instant instant gratification i think we spoke about this in the podcast before gary Absolutely. but you know you want a taxi uber you want uh, mm-hmm. somebody yeah, deliver yeah, yeah, yeah. you yep. want a date tinder like it just it's all automatic it all happens and everything's you know you want to watch a film netflix it's just everything's on demand and it's so yep. easy and when someone says no it, or you can't have that mm-hmm. it, they don't know how you to can't do handle that. it, it, it yeah. genuinely which is what i was like you know, i was like a spoiled wee lassie thinking it's such an important life lesson i wanted that and i didn't get it that's yeah. it but that's where you know um your i think that's where training comes in because yeah. even if you go to fail to do a like you were saying 100 kg <laughs> lift earlier and you fail at it you go it's a mini fail they are any train harder it's, a, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that that going back to kind of what we touched on earlier kind of mentioned like we kids and stuff like that as well i think that's the problem just now is that we're developing a generation where they can't deal with failure they can't deal with being told no they can't and it's just because they're no they're just they're not being exposed to it and yeah. the, the, everything's there and they expect everything here and now and they just ne- so that's why like for me as a parent as well okay and it, that's what i'm all about getting my kids into it now and know for the purpose that it's going to make them fit and healthier that's that's a kind of byproduct of it but I know by getting them out now doing sports and taking part in team games and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they're going to fall over. They're going to fail. They're going to get beat. Yeah, I know it kind of sounds yep. harsh, but from my point of view, that's Absolutely. great. It I'll, 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 be there, yeah. I'll be there to scoop them up if they really hurt themselves. But in reality, <laughs> if they fall over and they yeah. hurt themselves and it's not a bad one and they can walk it off, I'll be like, magic. Yeah. Yeah, that's building a robust that's individual. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. My wife my wife laughs. Mm-hmm. But saying that, it's funny because my wife... She's the she's the now the sergeant major of it, whereas I'll be you're right, you're right, Alan. <laughs> and my wife's like, ah, come on. Um, but no, it's it is, it's hundred percent that. And I, I'm very much like obviously kind of Gary's generation and Mark's generation, probably like 10, 15 years older than you, maybe Robin. Um so 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 we're kind of we're of that we're of that final kind of generation where social media wasn't a thing. We couldn't get everything here and now, even like even senior pals. I used to have to go down and ruin at my mate's house. Uh-huh. Knock on door. No. Then I'd walk into uh-huh. my next mate's. Is Gary in? No. Next yeah. mate's. Oh it's Markin. Oh yeah. magic great. Somebody's in. Uh-huh. You know, in uh-huh. there's like, yeah. everybody. Um, is, that's I think you're absolutely right. It's where where we are of that generation. I was talking to somebody about this the other day where when I was at school and just finishing school the pair, you know, the, the guy in your year who'd met some lassie online and had started going out where he was the weirdo. He was the, he was like, oh my God, he met a lord on the internet. And then yeah. now Everybody we live in the world where it's like, yeah. oh my God, he met this bird in a, in a bar. bar. Yeah. It's like, th- these things have flipped on, on their head entirely. to somebody in a pub. You know, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but that's, again, you know, that's another one that I would love to get into in terms of, that whole landscape but it's you know it's like it is, it's, I, I, I feel i feel lucky that we we kind of grew up in that generation because uh, yeah, yeah like if i if i like you're talking about, i don't know it's total basic but if 
If I hadn't been in that position where I'd been in a nightclub and like, what a drink? Nope, what a drink? Nope, what a drink? Nope, what a drink? Nope, what a drink? What a drink? Yes. Way! There we go. And that's literally what it used to be like kind of back in the day. Well accustomed to the rejection. Oh, I was. Like, I must have been rejected at least 50, 60 times a weekend. Whereas I bet a lot of people wouldn't ask. Relating this back to training again, because it's something we're all passionate about and we all do, I think, you know, when it comes to sport, you mentioned sport there as well, but like, all these little failures and the, the kind of aspects of team or people around your community, they all just lift you up a wee bit. And mm-hmm. in terms of looking at your mental health, I think it's just, it's a great thing if you can get involved. I know we spoke about the first steps to get involved. It's so difficult. You know, Gary's got us all in here today to talk about how we train people and, and kind of experience in the industry. But I've always found the best trainers out there aren't the most technical ones, aren't the, you know, that know everything about sports science and your performance goals and all those kind of things. It's just the ones that can bridge the gap for someone who's in that kind of pre-contemplation co- contemplation stage, contemplation stage, and then the preparation stage, and then they're in. Yeah. And it's just yeah. hooking them in and making it comfortable, making it easy for them. And it's yeah. a proper skill that I just think it, it doesn't get talked about enough in the industry. You know, you're, you're saying about the industry kind of lacking behind a lot of time. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. It's the, the personality piece or that kind of social breakdown of getting someone involved because there's so many people out there going through mental health issues just now and if they met someone, hopefully like us in the room here, that could bridge the gap would be, it'd be excellent for them just to kind yeah, of start yeah, off. Yeah. Um, that support group around you, that social group, and we were talking about for, for yeah. the training we provide, if it's outdoors, indoors, whatever, or that kind of sports team, um, yeah. it's such a release for people and yeah. just think... Yeah. yeah. Again, when you talk about mental health, um, you know, your mental health is not measured by the size of dress you are, the size of jeans you are, the size of your biceps, whatever. That that's that's a side effect of 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 enjoying your training and having an effective training program, whatever. But you know, you like that is not only how I over you know fourteen years of being a personal trainer that's not the only way you measure a person's success because mm-hmm. if that's all you're giving yourself as a trainer that oh if i don't make this person lose 10 kilos i've failed as a trainer you're discounting the fact that you've opened their eyes up to going and getting involved in events you've made them confident in the gym you've made them you've dug them out a hole that yeah. they were in mentally and all of these things that are not instagrammable yeah they, you know they they are Actually, I would argue some very often more important yeah. than your A to B. Do you know, like I drop on, three dress sizes, whatever. Like the biggest successes we've had with clients in the past, and you've got just what you said, the Instagram photo of the guy holding the 20 kilo weight plate, you know, I've lost this and that kind of stuff. You, you've got all those things, and I'm proud of those things as well. But it's the ones that's like, you know, someone went on their first date because of the confidence they've built in the yeah, last maybe three it, to six months they've had with you in the gym, but you, you can see them day by day just getting more confident. Yeah. Or like to someone uh, getting to the point where they were healthy enough to conceive and actually have a baby. Yeah. I remember that was Incredible. like uh, unbelievable. Wow. And the day she told me, you know, she was past the twelve weeks pregnancy, I was like, <gasps> yeah, you know, it was that was amazing. Um, goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's why we do. What we but do, it is. But that's it. it it's know? not the whole like you say, and it is fun doing the you know, transformations are great, you know. But it's just there's a lot yeah. more out there, the and journey, I think that the journeys people take, you know, that's that's what builds the memories. I think that's, that public perception as us of us as personal trainers it's like oh well you know I, I if i'm if i don't need to lose 10 kilos or more i can't go to a personal trainer because i don't qualify mm. like rubbish you know no. same thing you know i've got i've got one of my clients who's 
he's came off high blood pressure medication. Um, he's not really lost a lot of weight, but he's like, imagine where I would be if yeah. I didn't train with you. I could be dead by now. It's wow. like, well, fair enough. You know, just mm-hmm. because he's not lost 25 kilos yeah. doesn't mean he's not done a lot of good. Yeah. You know, yeah, and uh, yeah. it's, uh, it, I think we could go on like forever yeah. about that, but yeah. it's something good to I touch feel, yeah. on. I feel like when you're personal training and you're in that sort of intimate it, building a rapport with them um there's a lot of connection there because you're exercising there's there's dopamine that you, you you connect and it's like having a hairdresser right i feel like they really open up to you and want to talk about these things yeah, absolutely um and i think that is why it's a personal trainer's responsibility to educate themselves on mental health but i also think that Personal trainers having one is gl- like glamorized. Whereas, yeah. why is it different having a personal trainer for your physical fitness, but it's not as glamorous, glamorous yeah. having a therapist yeah. to build on your so, mental health? It should be the same it. thing. Like Paul, they, both, they both go swings and roundabouts. Yeah, they both, they both complement each other. Yeah. Some it. of the best coaches I know, um, like performance coaches they all have therapists not because they're unhappy just because they're trying to like yeah. get to the bottom of their mind yeah and, and, and figure more out that's it paul who regularly contributes to the brothers and arms podcast um he says exactly you know we're, we're we're working on making it just as normal to go and do a workout for your mind i.e have a therapist yeah. as it is to go to the gym because yeah. we go back 25 years 20 years you know, it was only mad meatheads that went to the gym, yeah, you know. Yeah. Now it's fully accepted that 90% of the, the population would go to the gym. Excuse me, don't quote me on that, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, a yeah, lot absolutely. of it's very normal to go there's to the gym. There's a lot of gyms when that used to be the, the, yeah. the gym, or the bodybuilders or the old boys and that. that was yeah. now, it's, now, it's, now it's everybody in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, 24-hour yeah. fitness and low-cost operators have changed the market for such, a, you know, and I was part of them for a while and got to ride the wave when they were in that growth spike, but I think it's been amazing, them coming in, because of that, entry point there's, there's almost no excuse now in terms of those you know having a gym close to you and having it affordable right. you can start you know the wide range of trainers you get in those gyms in terms of you know people just qualified right through to people who have been you know there for years and they work in those facilities it's it's you know it's <laughs> from gym to gym but um yeah you, you've got that chance now to, to train and, and have that uh, first workout um i think they've been great and then from there you've got so many people getting into specialist training mentioned crossfit bodybuilding you know all the different yeah. things you can do if it's you know performance things or tough mm-hmm. mothers or whatever yeah. but yeah um off the back of these gyms it's been great to see mm-hmm. um but yeah. yeah all good i just wondered uh, if we should spend a wee five minute or some sort of time just chatting about kind of overtraining and kind of people attaching too much of their identity to like you know their fitness goals and whatever you know things like that um because it, it's out there. I don't think it's a major problem, but it's, you know, it's something I feel that sometimes in, as personal trainers and coaches, people can sometimes get the vibe that, oh, well, if I'm doing that, that's all I can do. You know, I can't have, um, I can't enjoy going out to a party. I can't enjoy having a weekend off. I can't go out for a meal, whatever, because that that's, doesn't fit with that fitness lifestyle. And if I'm not all in, then I can't be in at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks. There you go for it, Rob. It's like um, Robert. Robert was saying that at the start, like when we were chatting, kind of before we came on here. It's like if you if you've got a sustainable and you've got a a, a good training platform and a good training program, then in reality you shouldn't have that guilt because your training is sufficient and it's 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 demanding enough that actually if you fancy 
a couple of beers. She can have a couple of beers. If you fancy a cake, you can have a cake. It shouldn't be. And that it's getting back to that kind of mentality where is one addiction is as bad as another addiction. So if you yeah. take a drug addiction or something like that, which we kind of think is terrible, mm-hmm. everybody goes, oh, you're, you've got a drug addiction. That's a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. But then if you say, well, if you're addicted to the gym, if you're a fitness addict, you're doing 12 sessions a week, you're smashing life. Is that less of a terrible thing? You know what I mean? Necessarily, and it's, it's, it's that those guys might have fell into that circumstance for whatever reason, but then these guys are kind of now stuck in this other loop of addiction. Yeah. And it's, and it's just that kind of mentality that when you go to kind of lines of like guys who deal with sort of aesthetics and things like that, guys who do your bodybuilding mm. shows and your, and your physique shows and things mm. like that. Um, I know guys firsthand who have had major, major issues with mental health mm. off the back of that because yeah. They've, yeah, they've, they've said, I have to be a specific, and they were so yeah. adamant that they had to be a specific way. And if, if they, if they, deviated from the nutrition plan in any way shape or form yeah they yeah. were straight up the stairs and they were disappearing and you yeah. knew exactly what they were up to kind uh-huh. of thing and yeah. then yeah is that then less harmful than the guy who has the drug yeah. addiction yeah and it's 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 it's, it's a it's, spectrum it's, thing for sure um my, my take on it is that well again see what you think of this but i'd be interested in your opinion but training and the health that should give you opportunities if you become so obsessed that it restricts your opportunities in life, then I think yeah. it, you've crossed that line. It's just gone a bit too far. But the opportunities, I mean, the, you know, if you're um, if you're confident in your body and you, you've been working on it and you feel healthy, then you're more likely to take your kids swimming because you, you're not embarrassed to be a body in the pool, mm-hmm. for example. That's or a good example. You, you go into a job interview and you can hold yourself, you know, comfortable in your own physique and your own posture and old stance. Like those kind of things, they have a massive impact, I think, on my mental health. And it almost gives you that wee bit of an edge just knowing that you're healthy. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you know, if you play sport and you don't train properly and, you know, you just turn up and maybe play a game of squash randomly, randomly and you, you know, get injured, yep. then you've lost opportunities. If you've yeah. trained for ages and then you go and play something that you don't normally play, a mm-hmm. sport or something, because someone's asked you to and it's a new opportunity to go and play it, you know you're healthy enough to, to deal with that, that circumstance that's come up. And there's less likely you're going to get injured and lose it and more opportunities down the line. So that that's my kind of take on it is that your training should give you more out of life. It should give you more opportunities and yeah. it should make you feel more confident in different scenarios. Yeah. You shouldn't restrict. I and completely couldn't, couldn't agree more. It's a good way to put it for sure. Um, and uh, it, I think to, to relate and reinforce that is that it gives you more opportunity to say yes to stuff that's mm-hmm. it. because you're not like, oh, well, I'm not fit enough for that. I'm not strong enough for that. Yeah. My, I'm too self-conscious about myself to yeah. go to that party or I'm too self-conscious to go into a new social but, situation where I'm not sure. Yeah. Looking um, after yourself seems to make your world bigger and kind of not not being in a position where you're looking after yourself well makes your world a bit smaller. You know, if you are working nine to five behind a computer screen all day, you know, you have dips, yeah. <laughs> as you know, like we've yeah. talked about, but you have dips throughout the day in terms of your concentration and, you know, if you if you train yeah. regularly as well, you, you know you're you're in that healthy state where you can yeah, you can course, put up yeah. with things for longer and you can yeah. be more yeah. you know, in that zone of concentration and and more yeah. focused. Um, and the big thing as well, not kind of mentioned yet, is if you start kind of looking after yourself in terms of training, it does lead into things like right, I want to get good recovery, I want to get good sleep, mm-hmm. I eat well after this session, and it has all these knock on effects. I think you know we we spoke before um, been in a nine to five job that you don't like or it stresses you out in a certain way there's opportunities there throughout the day where you think oh i'm really tired today or i'm really feeling down 
And it could be that wee John with McDonald's for lunch. Yeah, I, I just need a wee treat, perk myself up. And you can fall into the habit of that. And then it can mm-hmm. be every day. And it can be like, I'm getting a coffee every morning with all the kind of yeah. mochaccino, <laughs> latte, super yeah. coffee. You know, 700 calorie exactly, coffee. Exactly. Because <laughs> I need that wee pick up and I'm in that kind of, yeah, more happy place. Yeah. So it all has a big knock-on effect, I think. If you get in that, that routine of... Um, yeah, looking after yourself and it'll lead to other bits. Yeah. It goes on well like, into your life and whole as well. Cause I don't know, so you guys have got kids as well. And I, I always find like myself as well, from a family point of view, it just it just improves your family life so much as well absolutely. because I, I, I know other parents kind of similar age bracket as myself and stuff like that. And they're no into fitness, they're no into being outdoors, they're no into exercise. And like, what do you do on the weekend? Oh, the kids were playing Minecraft all weekend. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And they're like, what were you doing? Oh, took the kids, took the tent, chucked the tent on the roof of the van, went away and we drove away up the highlands and we slept in the tent and we couldn't marshmallows and hot chocolate and all that. And it's just, just off the back of, I like being outdoors, I'm fit, I'm healthy enough to do these kind of things. Yeah. And the kids see us doing that. So That's it's it. normal to them. They don't, my, my kids would yeah. never think on a weekend, what are we doing? Well, we're just going to sit in and we're going to watch X Factor and mm-hmm. we're going to have a, a, a takeaway. That would never, that would yeah. never be the, the, the thing to them. They would always think, like what we're doing on a, a weekend, we're going paddleboarding, we're going up a hill, mm-hmm. we're going yeah. walking. They, they do other clubs and everything that other other school kids do, but then they get to actually experience what we've got on our doorstep, and yeah. it, and it it builds again, goes back to building a robust individual. I mean, yeah. they've been up a hill in the pouring rain and their teeth chattering and they're soaking wet, and like that. It's a great example yeah. for kids. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. said yeah. about your dad earlier so, about how you know he's a big yeah. muscular rugby guy and all that, like. That, that's the same memories I have my dad and it sets the standard like my dad played football for years over 35s even and I remember going to watch him and stuff and <laughs> yeah. thinking well, he's still part of a team and training and he used to play fives until he was like in his 50s and stuff and yeah. we used to play against him as of my pals um, and that was great and it was all like conditioning you to think well this is what you should do to be in a healthy isn't it? Which, which it should that should be the norm it's not the norm anymore yeah. but it should be the norm yeah. like we, again <laughs> modern modern life gets in the way and it's it's easy to get in the spiral of i don't have the time i don't Mm -hmm. have the money i don't have the that but 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 actually it's it's so much less it's so much less true now because everything is accessible you know everything is we live in an age now where we can live the most comfortable lives we have access to doing so much different stuff um that that hopefully we get to a place where people hide behind Kind of their excuses yeah. and stuff um, just making, making making the most of your scenario and making the most of what you have it's like there's a there's a stage for everybody because it's easy for us to sit here and say oh you should be doing this you should be doing that blah blah like you don't have to do you don't have to jump off your seat and take your kids up a hill because we sat here and said so it's like go and walk around the block you know go walk around the block you know do do whatever step st- step in stage number one is and 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 take it Listen, Even thanks much. for joining us, Charles, Robin, Martin. Um, Thank you. As as is often the case, we could probably go on all day. Um, but yeah, hopefully there's some good points there that come out for folk uh, in terms of their physical and mental health. And so, yeah, once again, just thanks for thanks for joining in, guys.